I always say heyo. I do too, but I was trying to change it up because that's yeah. un- I feel like I shatter people's eardrums when I say that. <laughs> I'm like, heyo. Sometimes I do have to edit, just like take us out, like take out us saying that and make it quieter compared to the rest of the audio because we do like blast the mics with that. We're just You excited. know what, why I started saying AO is from Jack. Oh, yeah. Jack Newsom. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, guys, welcome back to episode two of season two. Oh, my gosh. Ooh. That must be lucky. It's an angel number, right? It is. Two, two. Today we have a incredibly special guest. Judy Sakey. So incredible. We will tell you about her more as soon as we jump into this episode in a few seconds. I have known Judy for a while. She's an incredibly smart, accomplished, um, creative lady. And she's going to tell us all about her kind of method for teaching songwriting and her experience working at Warner Chapel and all of these crazy things. And it's actually so interesting. I loved this interview. Yeah. Me too. But before we jump into it, we're going to do a little shout out for an organization that we love, Amplify Her Voice. Amplify Her Voice is an online platform that boldly confronts inequality in the music industry. Their interviews, partnerships, panels, networking events, and educational initiatives provide their community with the tools and support to confidently pursue a career in music. Wow, go off. Mm -hmm. Amplify Her Voice actively engages with their online community of over 15,000 followers, produce successful masterclasses and panels in partnership with various music organizations, and they host networking events for college students and young professionals, interview female-identifying musicians and industry professionals, and partner with local and national music companies and organizations, and conduct research and generate original infographs to highlight relevant topics in the music industry. They're pretty cool. Yeah. They shouted us out on their Instagram and their list of best women in music podcasts. And we actually love them. So hit them with a follow. Amplify her voice on Instagram, on every social. And you can go to their website to find more information. They're just, if you're looking for a community of women in music or tools as a woman in music to help you pursue your career, they've got that. And we're, we're big fans and participants yes. in their in their events and resources. So, And while you're on Instagram following yep. them, you can also go on over to our Instagram and follow us yeah. at Songwriting Saves the World and head on over to Facebook and like our Facebook page at mm-hmm. Songwriting Saves the World. Do it. And our new TikTok. <laughs> our new TikTok. Also <laughs> We're learning, guys. <laughs> Be easy on us. Also, Songwriting <laughs> Saves the World. So, yep. you know, while you're there, you might as well. Kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple, iTunes, whatever, download this episode. It seriously helps us so much if you do that yes. um, and follow our podcast on there. It means the world. And if you really, really like our show and you want to support us even more, which you might, if you if you do, then we really love you. You can become a patron on our Patreon um, for $4 a month. You get merch on there, stickers, soon to be more merch and extra content for the guests. Like song breakdowns, we also review and critique songs that our patrons send to us. And very, very soon, probably by the time this is up, we will be doing extra, full extra episodes on there as well. So it's pretty cool if you want to like join that that at Songwriting Saves the World on Patreon. And we will literally jump into this episode with Judy Stakey. Jump. Hop.
Judy Seiki is an executive music publisher, artist mentor, author, and speaker based in LA. She's known for signing and developing artists including Katy Perry, Sheryl Crow, Gavin DeGraw, Joy Williams, John Shanks, many more. She was the senior vice president of creative at Warner Chapel Music from 1989 to 2009, and she's also the founder of the Judy Stakey Company, an artist development company based in LA. And we're so excited to talk to you. So thank you for being on Song Race the World. You're welcome. It's nice to be here. Thank you. We have a little icebreaker question, mm-hmm. and so we wanted to know <laughs> a song that you love right now that you think is underrated. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay, well, the first song that came to mind was a song uh, by uh, an artist named Jasmine Valdez. Cool. Mm -hmm. And I'm in love with the song. It's been out for, I don't know, a couple months or so, Mm -hmm. and I just, I can't stop listening to it. It's not a hit yet. It's not, you know, it it, it hasn't arrived on everyone's playlist. But I'm in, I'm in the space of, I miss being in love. And so yeah. when she gets to that chorus, I just, it hits me every time. I'm like, <laughs> I know I miss this so much. So that's I, great. That's how... I'm going to go listen to it. Me too. So can you start with giving us kind of a background of your journey through music and what has brought you to where you're at now? Okay. I will try to make this brief. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm, you know, I think I'm like every other, I, mean, I think I'm like every child out there is that I, I came out of the womb singing and dancing. So music has mm-hmm. always been my passion. It has always what's led me down the yellow brick road. And mm-hmm. so I went to school for it. I played piano. I played guitar. I sang. I danced. I did anything that was connected to music. I, you know, I was moving and shaking. Yeah. <laughs> and I graduated from college and without the help of the internet, or parents that had really good, great connections, mm-hmm. I didn't know how to get to the next step. Yeah. My, you know, I, I should have gone to Broadway or right. someplace <laughs> like that. And, you know, it's like, I, how do you get to Broadway? You can just type it into the internet. Right. No, I couldn't. So I was very fortunate that I landed in the music business. Mm-hmm. And the music business was very young. It was, it's not that it was just starting out, but it was just starting out. Um, <laughs> this was, so... Um, there were, there were a lot more companies, there were a lot more opportunities, you know, there were only a few radio stations. So, Mm -hmm. um, it was a very narrow way in and narrow way out. It was a much closer knit community. Mm -hmm. I landed in music publishing when I, when I, when I got here, when I got to the music business and stayed, I, I was tempted a few times to go into A&R, which is the actual signing of the the artist mm-hmm. and working with them in the studio but mm-hmm. I really loved working with the songwriter yeah developing the song uh, developing the story um, every time that that an artist or a, you know songwriter has finishes one thing they they have to go and do it again they have Tell to me write another it. song <laughs> and so you're always going back <laughs> exactly so it it's really you're always at the beginning Mm-hmm. Once you fit, you have to go right back to the beginning. After four minutes, right back to the beginning. Another yeah. four minutes, right back to the beginning. And that's a hard thing to go do to go back to the beginning and to know it for the very first time. Because that's yeah. the, the, the trick is to go back and be a be- with a beginner's mind of, mm-hmm. okay, how do I approach this? Instead of like, oh, 
I got to do it again. And just keep turning <laughs> the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And that's where I came in, is that as a music publisher, that was one of, I, I, I figured it out that that was one of my, my skills was meeting somebody back at the beginning and going, okay, let's figure out what we're going to do this time. Yeah. You know? and, and to show them the possibilities. Wow. So I worked in the music, the traditional music business for over 30 years as a music publisher. Mm -hmm. And I left 10 years ago and started my own company, mm -hmm. which is based on my motto, it all starts with a song. It does. And from there, I, my passion and, and what I do for clients is make sure that you have a creative space which is the time and the space and the tools that you put in place so that you can reach your goals and your dreams. Yeah. The time and the space is your responsibility. I furnish you with six amazing foundational tools mm -hmm. to start your journey with. And the six foundational tools are the components of what a song is, the voice, the melody, and the lyric, and... Mm -hmm how you develop, which is your body, mind, and soul. It's those six tools, the body, mind, the soul, the voice, the lyric, and the melody, that if each one of those is strong and flexible and, and as good as it can be in each one of those, then all together you will have a strong foundation that you can build on. Right. It's also a great tool that when you are hitting a wall, when your song's not getting cut, when you're, you know, when you're, not, when you're not going in the right direction, you can step back and go, was it my voice? Mm -hmm. No, my voice is great. My voice <laughs> mm -hmm. is it my words? You know what? I think maybe it's my lyrics. I think maybe my stories mm -hmm. are not getting across. Maybe I need to work on my storytelling. So you can you can look at it each one of them and see where the weakness is and where yeah. you have to build it up instead of like, well, where do I start? What uh -huh. do I do? Yeah. If you can categorize them into those and go, well, wait a minute. You know, I've got all this, but I'm not really bringing me. I'm not bringing my soul. Mm. I'm kind of like bland I'm like white bread <laughs> there I need to like I need to emote something I need to bring a little bit more of me how do I do yeah that? I I you love know? the yeah. thing you said about it feels like you're back at the beginning every time and having to have mm -hmm. a growth mindset because I feel like Anik and I say this all the time where like I write almost every day but I feel like I don't know what I'm doing every single time <laughs> Like, I mean, obviously, I, I know that I've written songs before and I know that I have this background of tools, but I go into it being like, it is new. This is new. It's different people. Like, how am I going to do this exactly. again? <laughs> and that is yeah. definitely scary, but also what's really great about it. Is it never boring? <laughs> never. Yeah. Never. Because you're never going to do it yeah. the same way twice. Even if you think you're doing it the same way twice. You're yeah, not. you're really not every even you know? just no. the flow of every yeah. session. And uh, since songwriting is so much about people, like your dynamic with your co-writers and figuring out like how do we talk to each other, that's different every time. That's what is also fascinating to me about songwriting. Well, and this is leads to one of my passions is to teach songwriting to children mm. because of mm. the benefits of you know you stick the the, you know, the, uh, the high school cheerleader, or, you know, let's say that, you know, the popular 10 year old, let's, let's not even go to high school, the popular uh -huh. 10 year old with the, you know, with the bookworm, mm -hmm. you know, with the, with the shy kid and you put them all together and you say, okay, 
let's talk about what you like most mm. about yourselves. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and they have to open up and then they have to share and then they have to build, they have to write a song built on a yeah. theme. It's kind of like putting somebody in a kitchen and going, okay, the three of you have to yeah. make a cake. Who's going to do the frosting? Who's going to do the, who's going to do the, who's going to do the, you know, the beating? Yeah. Who's going to do, break the eggs? And you have to come together to make a product. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that teamwork that when you put children into that kind of atmosphere, but you but you include the storytelling mm-hmm. aspect of it, it increases math, reading, communication oh, wow. skills. I mean, they yeah, all Yeah, communication wow. skills for real. I feel like yeah. I've noticed more than anything that since I've started co-writing, I've like a better friend. Like I'm a better sister <laughs> because I I know how to <laughs> listen to, like talk to people mm-hmm. yeah but I feel like I'm already like won't shut up like I'm already pretty chatty but listening is what songwriting has really taught me to do because especially if I'm writing for someone else and like they're telling me their story mm-hmm. being able to really sit there and be like what let me absorb every part of this and what's important about this is something that I didn't maybe I was learning to do but wasn't actively paying attention to before songwriting So you wrote an amazing book called The Songwriter Survival Guide. Thank you. And so if you have to summarize the book, what are kind of like the three biggest takeaways and what did you learn in the process of writing the book? These are great questions, girls. Um, <laughs> Thank you. The, the, the reason I wrote the book, or you said three? Yeah, kind of like the three, three. biggest takeaways from writing. Like what you learned as you were writing the book. Oh, and then three also, takeaways from learning the book. Okay. Well, also, well, both kind of like okay. the, <laughs> okay. yeah, the biggest takeaways from the book, the book and also what you learned as you were writing it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the reason the, the what I wanted people to take away from this book was, um, was number one is if you wanted to be a songwriter, here is an actual how to put it into place what you actually needed to do. You know, it's like, I can't tell you how many songwriters would show up at my door and it's like, well, I play the guitar and I wrote some poems in high school right. and I sing and I'm going to be a songwriter. It's like, that's all fine and good, but you need a little <laughs> bit more than that, okay? <laughs> and so there's certain things that you're going to need if you're going to make it, like motivation. You know, mm-hmm. let's let's forget about the songwriting and all that stuff. I mean, you have to learn. You have to learn how to take meetings. You have to learn how to how to how to motivate yourself. You have to know the mm-hmm. business of it. And so there's all these this 12 steps. And so I wrote it in a very succinct um, uh, format. I mm-hmm. also wrote it for the parents. I also wrote it for yeah. the parents who, who, <laughs> whose daughter comes to them and says, I want to be a songwriter. And they're like, um. what, do do? <laughs> what does that mean? What school do like, do I help them go to school? Do we think like, right. how do they guide you? You know? Yeah. So if they know what you're, what you have, what you're up against and what they need to do, you know, they can buy you a new mic at Christmas time, so to furnish mm. your new demo, your demo yeah. studio. Yeah. So those were 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 two of it. The third reason. The third reason is that I really want, I wanted my methodology to have a platform to get mm-hmm. out there. I believe in the, um, well, just in the different perspective that I look at life. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. like we have the food chart, you know, there's so many carbohydrates and then there's protein and there's fat, you know, yeah. this is just a chart like this that you can filter. It's a filter that you can look at your life and go, well, 
am I using my voice the best I can use it? Mm-hmm. You know, am I off screen and on screen, off stage and on stage? Am I a great storyteller? Am I, you know, am I really melodic? Am I, am I in tune with my feelings? Am I using my voice and my instruments? Am I, mm-hmm. you know, am I in tune with my body, my mind and soul? So you can really, there's a checklist. So yeah. that was, that was one of the three reasons I really wrote, wrote it. And I wanted, um, wanted the takeaways. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't thought about giving your book to my parents, but maybe I should do that. Maybe. Oh, there you go. There you go. I feel like I've done yeah. a lot of explaining over my time, being like, but it's mm-hmm. like, but this is what I want, and this is some other examples of people that have done it. And easier. they're like, well, okay. And after every chapter, <laughs> as you see, there is a little story about one of my songwriters and how successful mm. they are, you know, and, and, and how motivated and how they take care of business yeah. and what they did, you know. That's so That's good. Some yeah. positive yeah. stories. Just giving them the book. <laughs> just give them the book. Look at that. There you go. Um, the biggest, what I learned from taking, mm. from doing this I've never made an album before. Mm-hmm. I have I, I have done a lot of things. I mean, I I'm a I am the kind of teacher that I really want to make sure that if I'm going to teach it, I've done it. Yeah, you know, I've I I'm I'm um I've experienced it. Okay, mm-hmm. or if I or if I'm going to guide somebody through it, not just teach it. Um, and I've never written an album. I've written songs. I've, I've, you know, become a songwriter in the last few years yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, done things like that, but I've never really written an album. And I think this was such a parallel to what my mm-hmm. clients go through in writing an album of having 12 chapters of tw- 12 perspectives on the same subject. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and the editing and the rewriting and going to somebody else who was my editor who became me mm-hmm. and said, I need more explanation or that you've, that's redundant. You've said that again. I'm like, I said, this is like what? talking to myself. You're saying things to me. So that was the oh biggest th- a takeaway from me. Yeah. That's a really interesting parallel. Yeah. So you have signed and developed some amazing songwriters and artists. Mm-hmm. So kind of what are some things that you would look for in a writer when you're like, Oh, you, when you're thinking to sign them, are you thinking like I sh- need a certain genre or versatility or some certain level of experience or what's kind of going through your mind? For the most part, I was just open to what showed up mm-hmm. because in my, my office at Warner Chapel music, <laughs> all I had to do was pick up the phone. I didn't have to really go searching that mm-hmm. much. There was always an attorney, a manager, an A and R person, somebody who had a writer that they wanted to turn me on. Yeah. To, okay. So mm-hmm. I didn't have to go searching for months. When I did, when I looked at my roster and went, "Oh my God, I need a, a track guy," mm-hmm. a real, you know, then it would be, you know, there would be intention for it. But for the most part, after I found, or you know, I fell in love with the talent mm-hmm. of the person, the skill, the, you know, it was all about, are they an A plus student? Mm, are they yeah. going to work harder than I work am? Work and grow, yeah. That makes sense. Work and grow. Yeah, that's. it was one of the big things. I wanted them to be smart about their lives, mm-hmm. about their business, about their choices. Mm-hmm. I wanted them to be personable so that they could take meetings on their own if they needed yeah. to. Um, you know, little things like that. It was more about... Um, <laughs> 
Dr. Laura, who's a very famous psychologist, and she's on uh, talk radio. Mm-hmm. She has her motto is because she deals a lot with couples, yeah, you know, who are mm-hmm. you know, relationships. Her motto is choose wisely and treat kindly. Mm. I love that. Which I yeah. love because there's there's a whole bunch in that. There, there's so ch- truth in that in in my line of work because I have to choose wisely and then you just treat kindly. Mm. You treat somebody like you know you'd you'd want you know Sasha. You remember this from the retreats in that if you haven't told everybody you went to you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. one of my retreats that's how we know each other um in that i don't just get up there and go oh that stinks oh right. awful. Yeah. how could you <laughs> oh, how could you even want to be a songwriter you know so at the same time i'm telling them that they really need to change the uh-huh. second verse you know i'm patting them i'm patting you on your yeah. head so there's a way to do it you know mm. it's um it's it's constructive so um but I'm I'm really looking for somebody who is who wants it, who, who mm-hmm. just who wants it, who wants it more than me, and who will do the yeah. work. As you were signing writers, did you ever notice a learning curve, like from people going from writing every single day, like being in sessions every day? Did it take some adjusting, or did most of the people kind of go into it being like ready to go, ready to write every day type of? For most of the part, they did. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting. I heard a podcast last week. I was listening to a, a writer that I signed years <laughs> ago, and she just released her first album. Wow! And I got her a couple cuts. Yeah, she she actually Yay. had. Um, she wrote a song with one of the writers, um, who wrote a lot with this band called For King and Country that I developed oh, on, in the yeah. Christian marketplace. And she has a song on her first album, and it did very well. And so I'm listening to this podcast. And she's talking about her first trip that I sent her yeah. down to Nashville on and mm-hmm. how she's in this writing room. And she's like, I've never done anything <laughs> like this before. She goes, I had no idea what to do. And I'm like, I can't believe that. Like, because at the time, I mean, this was, you know, uh-huh. 15 years ago. I probably mm-hmm. didn't, didn't, I wasn't as thorough as I am mm-hmm. now in that, like, do you know what you're doing? You know, and she, it's, it's kind of just threw her in and she, I mean, you, you, yeah. you learn very quickly. Yeah. Um, now I would never, <laughs> now it would be like, you know. Are you should let's practice right. before you do that. But um, but for the most part, yeah, it's just it's a matter of it's just doing it. It's just a matter of, you know, be kind to the people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, make make sure, you know, bring muffins <laughs> or if it's your first time or something, you know, I'd like to say hello to everybody and 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 be I as I always tell them, show up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Show up, first of all, and meet the people where they are. Have some titles, have a track, have some things in your computer and mm-hmm. be ready if you need them and then be be willing to like and open to just see what's yeah. there, you know, just show up and be yeah. you. I love, I love that you mentioned the kind of like being able to go on meetings by yourself or being kind of business savvy or just like and working really hard because I feel like those are things about songwriting that I didn't realize until a couple years ago when I was like, oh my gosh, I have to like know a whole bunch more things than just how to write a song. And it was actually one of <laughs> yeah. my, yeah. New Year- this is so funny, but one of my very specific New Year's resolutions for 2021 was to like ask people for phone calls because in the past like year doing this podcast and doing sessions and stuff, there's been a few times where people where I've been talking to someone 
and they've been like, let's just hop on the phone about this and like have a meeting. And I've been like immediately terrified being like, what? No, like, <laughs> like that's so <laughs> crazy. Like, what if I don't know what to say? What if whatever? So this was my like, like goal. Me. And then I did a few phone calls and I was like, this is kind of fine. But I wanted to like up my level of confidence with that and in like an email for the podcast if I'm talking to like someone's like PR who we're gonna like have on the show be like oh let's just hop on the phone and we'll figure it out to try to like exude that confidence <laughs> and you're bonding even closer yeah it worked yeah. but it works really well so yeah. if anyone's looking for a new year's resolution <laughs> let's just hop on the phone and we'll talk about it hop on the phone call I like it I like it a lot <laughs> So you worked at Orna Chapel for a long time. Mm -hmm. So what do you years. think are some of the, that's amazing. What do you think are some of the pros and cons of signing with a big label as a songwriter versus being an independent artist and, you know, songwriting independently outside of having a publishing deal? Well, the pros of having a, a force like Warner Chapel behind you is that you have a force like Warner Chapel behind you. Yeah. yeah. Right? You have a, <laughs> you know, a, a, an employee in every city, a creative person, a writer everywhere. I mean, you are taken care of. You mm -hmm. just don't have to worry mm -hmm. about a thing. Isn't that wonderful? Now, your job That's is yeah. that you have to write every day and you, the bar is here. And if you don't, if you don't achieve your, um, out, you know, what you, what you, um, your, the level of success that they want you to, you're yeah. out, you know, so it's, you're working in mm -hmm. corporate. It's, it's the demand and output and demand and output. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but there's, I mean, there's not, I don't think that there's a lot of downside to signing with a major label, a major publisher. I don't think there's a downside to any of it. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the thing about signing to a major is that you've got the work that you have to do is that you have to manage all of that. You're mm -hmm. going to have to manage all of it no matter what. But if you sign with Warner Chapel, it's all in one building. So you mm -hmm. can go and talk to the head yeah. of licensing and the head of creative and the head of head of legal all in one day and go just wanted to stop by and see how my how my songs are doing <laughs> and you know my contract is signed and whatever you need to do yeah. you can do it in all one building okay mm -hmm. doing it independently is harder it's harder mm -hmm. and it's easier it's harder because you are your only person all right you have to form mm -hmm. you have to put together your own team all right so sure you have to put together somebody who maybe <laughs> will do your social media and somebody who will plug your songs. And yeah. You don't have the luxury of having everything all together. Now, you keep your whole songs also. Uh, I mean, your, mm -hmm. all, all your that didn't make sense. You keep yeah. all your, you know, all your, your, and your 100% of your ownership. ownership. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, however, with an independent, you're able to do things that a lot of times the big ones can't do i.e. licensing, okay? So mm. if you want a song, and Grey's Anatomy is off the air, but we're going to use Grey's Anatomy as a, an example. But yeah. you put a song into Grey's Anatomy, and they call you, and they say, Anique, um, we'd like to use this song of yours, and you go, great. Um, and they're on the phone with Warner Chapel, and they say, we'd like to use this song of yours. And they go, well, let me take the message She'll get back to you this afternoon about that song, and no one gets back right. because they have, you know, the stacks and stack because there's mm. millions of songs. Okay, where if they call you, you go, hold on, boop, I just sent all the information. Yeah. You've got it done. Yeah. So it, yeah. you can get it's like you can go a little bit like this because a building is boom, boom, 
you know, <laughs> can weave you through. You can weave through a lot more things. Yeah. Now, I am thrilled about what is going on with an, a little independent artist out there named Phoebe Bridges, if you oh. know about Phoebe. Yeah, love we love Phoebe. I Amazing. met with Phoebe down, back in 2013. She auditioned for a girls group I was putting together. Uh-huh. She wasn't right for the oh, girls cool. group, but I went and saw her quite a few times. I even offered to manage her. It, I, it wasn't right. You know, I mean, she, she turned me down mm-hmm. and that, you know, it wasn't the right timing. But I have to tell you, I... I'm very proud of myself because I have very good taste. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, oh, my God. Grammy nomination as an independent. Saturday Night Live, mm. did you see her? Yeah. Oh, she, oh with a yeah. little black she outfit. Amazing. Oh, my God, it was so cute. Yeah, amazing. Amazing. So for her to – she has shown that you have the tenacity, you have the desire, you have the songs, you have a an act, you have – you know, the professional, she had all of that seven years ago. Okay. She yeah. just needed, you know, obviously to, to, to go out there and do it. Yeah. Um, but that is showing you how sure an independent can make it just as much as somebody who's signed because yeah. you can get lost in a big company. That's true. Mm-hmm. You, I had a consult the other day with somebody on just this because they were signed to a big company and like the manager was doing all the, they had just signed and they didn't quite know what to do. And I was like, get the manager on the phone. Mm-hmm. I said, that manager's got to go in there and 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 socialize and, and schmooze. The head of mm-hmm. licensing is like, have you listened to this song of hers? Have you listened to this song of hers? What are you mm-hmm. working on? What can I have her work? Like the middle ground to make yeah. everybody happy. Yeah. I think that's so interesting. I've kind of wondered, though, like being an independent artist, if you're releasing your own music versus a songwriter who's writing for other people. Because it kind of feels like if you're writing for other people, I've wondered if it's less like possible because you can only write for small artists because they're not signed either. And then like, cause really big artists are signed and then you don't have access to that if you are an unsigned yes. songwriter. You mean, you, you mean, is it, is it, po- okay, hold on. Is it possible <laughs> to be a songwriter for other people if you're not signed to a publisher? But to like for bigger artists, for bigger it's artists, kind of like yeah, because yes. like yeah. as an independent artist, like Phoebe Bridgers, like she's writing and putting out her own music, so she's also an artist. But as a songwriter, right. to like get into rooms with people who are getting cuts on like bigger songs by a bigger artist, how do you do that without a publishing deal? You use your network. You use your network. That's true. Okay, because there's a lot of people that are not in music publishing, you know, the deals anymore, and in, in, mm-hmm. in the music business, that have have there's six degrees of separation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I talk about that all the time. She really does. <laughs> I yeah. really do talk about that all the time. You have, you have Sasha's a like network that, you know, if it, Sasha, you have a song that you love and love and love, and you think it's a hit song and you play it for me. I'm the first one that's going to start telling everybody. Milo right. is a perfect example. Okay. Milo had a song. It's like when he had, that's, I started telling everybody I knew. I played it for everybody. So, um, I will tell you, though, a little story. It, it kind of goes with your, she has a publishing deal, but you know, Lauren Weintraub, are you familiar with Lauren? I don't think she so. She took my retreat a few years ago, like three mm-hmm. years ago, and then took my retreat alumni and then became a private client. She mm-hmm. signed to, I've got a lesson here. She signed to Big Machine Music Publishing. Mm-hmm. She was, And she's just been, she's an artist, but she's been writing for other people. That's been her goal. Yeah. She mm-hmm. released a song on TikTok went 
crazy. TikTok. And now she's being played on um, the uh, highway, which is the big country station. Oh, out of cool. Nashville. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. And TikTok she doesn't have a record deal. She doesn't have a record deal. She's yeah. only through BM, uh, Big Machine Music. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it is possible. So it's, ha- it's happening every which way. Yeah. All, there's, a, there's a girl that was up for Best New Artist at Country, uh, Priscilla Black. I think she was found on TikTok and now she's got mm-hmm. a deal. Yeah. TikTok is yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah, TikTok's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Yes, it is. So you've been behind the scenes of the writing and releasing of many big songs, loved songs. And of course, like what makes a song a hit is not necessarily just a song. Like it matters how it's marketed and who's singing it and what the state of the world is when it comes out. So if it's going to connect or not. But regardless of like those factors, are there any specific qualities or patterns like within songs that you notice that really good songs have like across the board? Kind of a tricky question. It is a tricky question. And I'm sure that, that there's probably analytics that have been done on right. this. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Only songs with the word love in the third line. That's what happens, <laughs> you know. Um, for me, it's just magic. Mm. For me, it's just when everything comes together and there's magic, you know. I, I, for me, it's always been a great story plus, you know, a great melody. I mean, that's just it. I'm, yeah, that's, it's a very, it's a loaded question. <laughs> song you know because what makes a hit song for me is what talks to me what t- yeah what, like I said this mm-hmm. song I just miss being in love by Jasmine I listen to it over and over again because it's where I'm at it speaks to me mm-hmm. so completely and for me that's what makes a hit song now if we're talking about what makes a hit song on radio you have to you know you have to um uh, uh satisfy so many different people and I think yeah what makes a hit song then I think is the constant the, the hookiness the constant change mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we only have four minutes in radio at the most okay for mm-hmm. a song and in that four minutes you're taking somebody on a ride just like at disneyland yeah and so if you take them on the dumbo ride people are going to get bored <laughs> and if you take them on the matterhorn every single time it's going to be like oh my god yeah but somewhere in there you're going to find that the matterhorns are the hits but so are, there could be a dumbo that's a hit too mm-hmm. if you find the nice ride, or it's a small world you know it's like like there's a lot of stuff that John Mayer's to me are hit songs. They may mm. not be as big as, you know, Britney Spears' stuff. Yeah. But mm-hmm. they're hit songs because they just, they talk to you, you know. His song, um, yeah. In the Blood, is what mm-hmm. I, to me is such a hit hit song. Um, but it's never been like number one all across the world. Right. You know? I think you're... S- Maybe it should yeah. be. <laughs> I think you're so right be. about the magic thing because sometimes I say that... I know that I can go in to a session and write a song and hopefully like it will at least be okay. Hopefully it'll be good, but for it to be like great for it to be really good, there has to be like a little something special there, like some Something's sort of connection here. that just makes it mm-hmm. extra good. And yeah. yeah. And I think, I mean, that's one of the things that can be like overwhelming about songwriting you're just like I can't just sit down and write a great song I don't know when that's going to happen but it's also like anytime you write that could happen you don't know like it could just be the little sparkle in the air that you needed that day <laughs> well and that's why I put my methodology in place mm. because you don't know when it's going to happen songs 
you know, I, I believe everything's been written already. So it's just a matter of being open and listening for it. Yeah. So if your voice is in good shape and your body's in good shape, you're not sick. Yeah. I, I have, I've been walking with a great friend and he's just, he's been going through some stuff and had a few surgeries and mm. he's not been feeling good and hasn't been wanting to go out of the couch, off the couch. And on Friday he was like, I, God, I'm wondering what I'm going to do next. I got to take on a new project. I'm going to, he started talking. I was like, I turned to him and said, you must be feeling so much better. He goes, I am. How could you tell? I said, because you're talking about the future. Yeah. You're talking about going ahead. So, you know, having your body in shape, having your mind clear of all, you know, the daytime work that you had to do mm -hmm. all day and getting into a creative space. So how do mm -hmm. you do that so that you're so open that the hit songs can come? Yeah. That you're not going to block it. You're not going to be not listening That's so for true. it. That's so true. So you have a philosophy and methodology around mind, body, and soul that we've talked about quite a bit in this episode and how taking care of everything makes you a better writer and, you know, just a better person all around if, you know, you're centered. But artists and songwriters often have to wear a lot of hats, especially when you are an independent artist or an independent songwriter. So what are some ways that you think at a base level, people can do that. Like, what's a very basic way to make sure that in the midst of it all, in a hectic life, that you are taking care of your mind, body, and soul? I I think one of the most important things is to have a schedule, to have yeah, a like disciplined that. schedule. I, I know that for anybody that's listening that's in school, I know how hard that is because your yeah. life is not your own, all right? Um, but when you graduate and you get your life your own, but even when you're not, it's getting mm -hmm. a schedule. It's, you know, on Fridays, I don't have to go to school. So from Fridays at nine o'clock in the morning, I'm going to 10, I'm going to do all my Facebook from 10 to 11. I'll do my Instagram from, you have a schedule mm -hmm. and you follow it. Um, I'm a big believer that any kind of, well, work is really good to do in the morning. Your mind is very sharp. Yes. Yeah. I, I roll out at my retreats. I roll out a schedule that I think is very doable. Yeah. Um, in that there's exercise in the morning. Yeah. There's I exercise love that. before you, you know, <laughs> either now I eat before I go out and do my hike, but mm -hmm. you, you can eat after, you know, that mm -hmm. that's when you have to really look at your life and go, okay, what do I like to eat? When do I eat? How can I put a schedule together so that I'm eating consistently every single day. When your body is consistently happy and can rely on you, mm -hmm. so you're sleeping the same amount of hours, you're eating the same things, you're eating at the same time. If you can put those things in a schedule, then mm -hmm. your body is going to be able to depend on it so that when you're working from 12 to 4 in the afternoon, you can just work. You're not right. going to get tired. You're not going to get hungry. You're not going to get yeah. sugar, you know, a sugar spike and all that because mm -hmm. you're going to be taking care of yourself. If you don't yeah. do that, it's really hard to say, well, yeah, you need to, you need to be writing every day. Well, that's kind yeah. of hard to do when you're not taking care of yourself. So right. you have to look at the hours that you have. Like if you're in school, I, I have t I'm mentoring two high school students and they're in school every day from 8.30 to 4.15. Mm -hmm. They get a 40-minute break. And, you know, it's like, so when do you get to exercise? Exercise? Right. I'm like, okay. 
when that school bell ends at 4.15, <laughs> you're out the door and you're around the block. Even if it's mm-hmm. just a short mm-hmm. walk, it's like you're in front of the computer all day. You know, it's drying. It's you're on your mm-hmm. the fingers. on. It's like go balance it with fresh air and, you know, putting your hands in dirt. Yeah. But I think but schedule for me also that way you can keep consistency. Consistency breeds uniqueness. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I definitely think the schedule is the best thing ever. Like whenever, definitely at the beginning of lockdown and quarantine where the days were kind of just falling into each other, Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't feel inspired. I have nothing to write about, nothing to talk about. I spend my days like in my pajamas. (laughs) And then I ordered a new planner and I was like, all right, let's get this together. I'm going to schedule my days. Like wake up in the morning, exercise, like make breakfast, have a writing session, do this, do that. Because it like holds you accountable it's like you have a reason to get up have a reason to do things right and it just like i feel like i can sit easy my mind is clear i know exactly what i'm looking forward to yeah i definitely think that's a great one if you don't consistently take care of yourself and then you're like okay sasha we're writing tomorrow and then my body's (laughs) like are we like we'll see how we feel Mm -hmm. like (laughs) the other thing i would put on top of that is schedules and set intentions Mm. Yeah. You, like the night before you go to bed, you can set like, what do I want to set my intentions tomorrow? Okay, I'm going to write with Sasha. I'm going to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. And I really want to get, you know, I've only been doing a 10 minute walk. I really would like to double that and do a 20 minute walk today, tomorrow. Yeah. So you set your intentions for the next day. So you've already thought about what your day looks going to look like and what do you want to put into it? Yeah. I got to say that was something I really loved about your retreat was I went home and I was like, what is this? Like family, why are you not doing yoga with me? Like what is, what, <laughs> what is going on here that I'm not back in Nashville writing at two or whatever. It was yeah. very nice. I was like this schedule, this particular schedule really works for me. <laughs> and obviously now we have to incorporate some other what? things into it, but and, still. And it, and it worked because you didn't have to think about it. Yeah. True. You know, everything was, everything was done. It was like the yoga was there The meals were all planned. Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing is trying to make your life as simple as possible. I mean, it's wonderful now because I just, at 1030 or 1025, I get up from this chair and I go set up my yoga mat. Yeah. I'm doing yoga. So it's Mm -hmm. lovely. But how do you make breakfast as simple as possible so that you don't have to Mm -hmm. think every morning, what am I going to have or lunch, you know? Yeah, that's really true. Well, that's all our questions for you today. That was such a great convo. Thank you for being on. I enjoyed this. Oh, my my pleasure. Are you kidding? Loved it. Welcome back. (laughs) That was so cool. Judy is so sweet. She is so great. I think that was one, not to pick favorites, but that was one of my favorites so far. (laughs) Me too. I I love everyone else who's been on here so far. Yeah, I love everybody, but... She's just so, so smart. Just has to spare. And she's I feel very centered. Yeah, I feel centered too. She's very relaxing. That kind of, she gave me Rebecca vibes, like the same energy. Yeah, yeah. And I love that, like, we asked some specific questions and she was just like, right off the bat, I've got answers to that. Yeah, I, I like I that. I love, she could just pull from her experience so fluidly. And... Yeah, I mean, I guess she is a speaker. Like, she teaches songwriting and she does public speaking and stuff. So it makes sense that she was so eloquent. It's oh, that's <laughs> great. I was <laughs> tripping over my words, and she's like, "I'm going to enunciate every word and speak so beautifully." And I'm like, mythology. <laughs> I'm like, 
like methodology. <laughs> but sometimes I do wonder that when I am editing these podcasts, I say like so much more than I ever registered that I do. And I'm actively trying not to say it right now. But it like, oh God, I just said it right now. It hurts the muscles in my face to not say it. And I w- it's interesting because when you're speaking, I feel like you pro- mm. when you're speaking, you probably don't even realize it. Yeah. But when you're listening back, it's just constant. And it's yeah. honestly so unnecessary. I know. <laughs> Are you trying to not say it now, too? Yes. I'm trying and it's very difficult. I c- but I want to be a grown up who talks like a grown up. <laughs> I'm 23 years old and I. <laughs> but this was such a good convo and i feel like there's a lot to learn from this i definitely always learn and as she said as she said i went to one of her retreats last march right before the whole pandemic hit the u.s and i was quarantined as soon as i stepped my little foot back in the door of my home they were like to your room (laughs) (laughs) don't come out (laughs) don't but I learned a lot there and I've just learned even more from this convo. Me too. Well, for any writers who are looking for, you know, that type of community, definitely yeah. check out her writing retreats, you know, I when the world opens back up. They are very useful. And I really liked her statement about kind of how she treats writers like choose wisely and then treat kindly. Mm hmm. I really like that. And I also just want to do a public service announcement to myself and Anique and all of you guys to treat yourselves kindly <laughs> because we have been encountering this all the time, but especially in the past week, I think it's really hit both of us, right? A little Something, harder. I think Mercury's in retrograde. I think it might be kind of being really hard on ourselves about everything, but especially about um career things and about music and am i doing enough because there's this intense hustle culture Mm -hmm. which it's great to be a hustler live and die a hustler of course but also get some sleep and it is okay if you are not doing a million things all the time because you're you're probably already doing a lot I can guarantee yeah. that. Well, take care of your mind, body, and soul. Yeah, exactly. That's a perfect theme for this because it is true. It's not just like if your lyric, melody, and um, voice are great. If your if your mind or your body, if your body is tired or your mind is restless, that's also part of this because yeah. you might be an artist, but you it means the whole package. So yeah, not to get too. Um, you know, journaling-esque, self-care book centered, but I do live for that stuff, so I will do what I want. Yeah, <laughs> so I will do Not to be that way, but I am But that I way. am that way. <laughs> We're actually both that way. I mean, that really fits the theme of our podcast <laughs> and us as people, so. So uh, get used to it or don't and go listen so to something actually, else. actually, she takes it back to be journaly <laughs> and, like, mindfully. <laughs> to be self-care centered. Please be self-care centered. Please take care of yourselves. Please. And love yourselves because we love you and we believe so in much. You. And thank you guys for listening. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Mwah. Mwah. Right down.